0: Would someone, I guess we'll start. Um, would someone be willing to open us in prayer?
1: Thank hey. you. Father, um, we just want to heed your words uh, from, from the uh, sermon this morning that um, the most important thing is uh, to be with you. So mm. as we come to study your word, um, just keep us from being puffed up by just by knowing, mm. uh, in a in an intellectual way, uh, but rather let us seek to draw near to you in, in a relational way, um, through through that knowledge. But um, never let us uh, don't let us don't let the goal leave our sights,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, Lord. We seek to to love you. You loved us first. Uh, just create in our hearts a, a deeper desire and love for. In
0: your name, amen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so the attribute of God we're going to talk about today is God's glory. So this is the last. Um, of the attributes of God that we were going to talk about. I confess I do not remember all of the other ones we covered. Uh, <laughs> but this is will be the last one, um, which in some ways I think ha- is fitting because as I was putting this together, I was just struck by the ways that the many attributes of God glorify Him and how His glory... Um, yeah, really kind of ties in together a lot of the other attributes of God. Um, so just for a quick definition, because I feel like we use the word glory a lot. Um, and I was actually not entirely sure what it meant until I looked it up. <laughs> but God's eternal, it's kind of used to mean God's eternal splendor, and majesty and power. Um, So, um, I kind of want to start, yeah, and I think the, the hard thing about teaching a Sunday school class or talking about God's glory is that it's pretty unfathomable to the human mind, um, uh, actually as Pastor Matt talked about today, um, in the passage in Exodus 33, when we see Moses asked to see the Lord, he can't even see, he has to only, when he asked to see the glory of the Lord, he has to be almost protected from it mm-hmm. um, because it's so large and so big and um, which begs the question, how do we talk about it? How do we see God's glory in our lives if it's this unfathomable or if we can't look God in the face, per se? Um, uh, Yeah. And which leads me to my first question. Where do you guys see God's glory? Mm -hmm. The
3: nature. Yes. Yeah.
0: The mankind. What? The mankind. Yeah. In mankind.
4: Yeah. I was thinking with Susan, when I first saw that, uh, the Rocky Mountains. Mm. Uh, or the Alps.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: That that just sort of, that was my initial. Hmm. Uh,
5: Mm. Um, with regard to nature uh, I remember reading a a scientific American article and this person who I would guess did not believe in God just could not contain themselves it seemed Mm. with the glory of nature Mm. and so as the person wrote on it just seemed like a, a worship service, you know, just praising,
2: mm.
5: na- you know, the natural world. This
2: mm.
5: Incredibleness.
2: And not only like the big natural things we see like the mountains, but also the microscopic things like souls. Pretty amazing. Isn't it?
5: Mm.
0: Yes, mm. yes. Mm. yes. Mm. Yeah, so I think... That is my first bullet point. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the ways we can see God's glory is in creation or in nature, um, both the very, very minute and tiny and the very big, like the Alps and the Rocky Mountains. Um, in Psalm uh, 19, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork day-to-day pours out speech and night-to-night reveals knowledge Um, and then in one of my favorite passages in the Bible which I will not read because um, it is rather long but when God answers Job um, uh, so basically Job, Job is kind of has lost everything and he's doesn't know why and his friends are not being very helpful and um god finally after 37 chapters god answers job and um i'll start i'll read the beginning and he starts with where were you when i laid the foundations of the earth tell me if you have understanding who determines its measurement? surely you know who stretched the line about it On what were its bases sunk, or who laid the cornerstones when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors that burst from the womb, and when I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed its limits for it and set bars and door? And said, Thus far you shall come, and no farther, and here your proud ways stay. And he just goes on to describe everything from the depths um, of hell to, um, well, the depths of the deep darkness, he talks about, um, to the um, rain, to storehouses of snow, to the birth of um Uh, a young animal who I currently do not uh, yeah and just I think this beautiful picture of God just saying I am the Lord of creation and this is part of where my glory is Mm. and I think part of how we can see his glory Um, Mm. and then in a shorter passage in Job 12 when he's um Basically, his um, friends are like, it's your fault um, that all these bad things have happened to him. Job answers, um, and this is Job 12, 7. Sorry, guys, we're going to be jumping around a lot um, <laughs> because I thought about doing one passage on God's glory and there were just too many. So <laughs> so in Job 12, 7 through 10, he says... Um, But ask the beast and they will teach you, the birds of heaven and they will tell you, or the bushes of the earth and they will teach you, or the fishes of the sea will declare to you. Who among all these does not know what the hand of the Lord has done? In his his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. So just this idea that nature in itself is a proclamation of the glory of God. Um, and then I think the second way in which we see God's glory is um, in what Serena said in um, humans or in mankind Um, and I think um, if we turn to Genesis 1 Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And I think we see in... uh, uh, Yeah, just this... That... By being created in the image of God, we too share in his glory and to proclaim his glory. So whether that's in art or music or technology that's created or science, um, I think we can see the glory of God in humankind, whether they believe in God or not. Um, I think the, yeah... um, God has given us the unique um, ability to reflect His glory while we are made in His image. Um, And then finally, I think, but more than God's glory in creation or in us, which I think are two places where we can very easily see God's glory, um, I think God's glory is most visible in Jesus, His Son. um, Which um i think turns our idea of what ma- majesty and splendor and power though i think those things are true um in the rocky mountains and are true in beautiful pieces of art and are true um in uh kings bowing down before the lord as we're told that they will be um i think it's Turns our idea of glory upside down because we are not, because the Lord is not most glorified by these beautiful parts of creation or, um, by, yeah, what humans have made either in His name or not. Um, but His glory is most seen in the humble and self-sacrificing life and death and resurrection of Jesus, which I think is really incredible when you think about it, because when I think about power and majesty and glory, um, that's, like, not what comes to mind. But I think, yeah, to see that in Jesus. Um, so in John one fourteen. 14... And these are just some verses about the glory of God being seen in Jesus. Um, John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we see His glory, glory as the Son, only Son of God, full of grace and truth. So we see Jesus' grace and truth being part of God's glory. Um, and then in Hebrews 1.3 three. And this is talking about Jesus. Um, I'll start in two. But in the last day, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making for the purifications of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he inherited is much more excellent than theirs. Um, Yeah, so I think um, we see there that, um, yeah... Jesus is not only glorified in his life on earth in the glory of God on his life but also after his resurrection um, he is glorified more than the angels um, and is seated at the right hand of God Um, so um, I think this begs the question how do we respond Um, or what does this mean for us Um, and that is an actual question. So how do we respond, or what does this mean for us?
2: Yeah. I find it a little abstract to yeah. try, you know, to visualize God's glory. mm mm-hmm. um, You know... Um, so, because we do, I find we do have to visualize something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what do I think about? You know, I think I try to imagine Jesus coming in the clouds and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, up on the mountaintop in the burning bush. But, you know, it's, it's difficult for me. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's very true.
1: I really like what you said about Jesus inverting our idea of majesty and splendor and, and I think ultimately that, that expression is fullest in the cross mm-hmm. um, and then that's very sobering then that Jesus calls us to take up his life the mm-hmm. way his way of life leading to <laughs> deeper humility which can involve humiliation, suffering mm. on behalf of others, but it's not like it's not without joy because it is on behalf. Of, it's not. It's not futile, right? Suffering is in the world whether we like it or not. We may try to deny it. We may try to spend money to avoid it, but um, I don't know. It gives us a direction and a purpose for we. we in, in Jesus, it, the, the plan of God for the suffering of the world is, is revealed. Um, we, don't, we don't know why God allows suffering exactly, but Jesus knows the full extent of it, more than pretty much any of us will ever know. Um, so, so the challenge, how do we respond is, uh, it's challenging, because that's <laughs> a high calling. Um, but, um, it's not our strength that's going to accomplish it anyway, so that's encouraging. He'll be, he'll be with us. hmm
2: so Josh, I like that you use the word humility because that was actually the first word that came to my mind. But I was thinking more in terms of like us to God rather than mm-hmm. us to others. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of like God's glory puts us in our place, mm. and like, mm-hmm. that's what God was doing with Job, right? Kind of putting mm-hmm. Job in his place. Yeah. So, so we need to be put in our place sometimes.
1: Mm. It's the best place
4: to be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was thinking that too. That the humility was the first thing that came to mind, but then the second thing was hope, because the because I think that what we find is that when we do put ourselves in that right relationship, we are caught up in His glory, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's where we're and and the 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 rub, right? The pride of life is that we find glo- we seek to find glory apart from God, mm-hmm. but when we find glory in God, we, you know. And we who are beholding his face, sorry, I need to still but, no, but, yeah. right? be yeah. we beholding his face are, are being transformed from one glory to the next, right? That, that there is like this is part of what it means for us is to when and so there is incredible humility, right? Forsaking all of our human endeavors to seek glory on our own, and yet we find ourselves then caught up in his glory, which is which is unbelievable and we have all these, you know, these tastes of it, and things like nature and creation and, and you know, music and art and, you know, Tolkien and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and, and, and salvation and beautiful moments of redemption and beautiful moments of reconciliation and, and, and all these are just these little, like, little whispers of, of glory that we haven't seen fully, so mm-hmm.
5: I think, to a point that I think it, the story of Jesus. I, I often imagine a mm-hmm. I actually really think about it's a couple of scenes in The Lord of the Rings when Aragorn becomes okay. king. Like at the very, very end, like these guys had known him as this was just their friend, but this guy ultimately was the king of Gondor. And I like, you know, I think of it when. We, when Jesus' glory is fully revealed, mm-hmm. like we will see the one who, people like, I, I, Pastor Man and I were talking about it last week, like, they'll come like, when his disciples see him in his full glory, like, like when they're welcome, like, mm-hmm. you know, when everyone bam, down, Jesus is gonna be like, they're gonna be like, can you believe it? Like, there is a sense of, there is that sense. I think of the song, like, you know, crowning men, like, I really think that ultimately will be like, we are all invited to the party when Jesus is crowned king of the universe. And like the the pomp and majesty of coronation, like is that day where it's like, you know, not just human beings but like you know the, the stones and the trees are singing. And there's a, there's a sense of I guess that's how I sort of imagine the glory, like ultimate and then it's like in what way can we respond to Jesus now? In anticipation mm-hmm. of that glory, like seeing who he is truly, to Pastor Nat's point in the sermon today, like how do we, knowing who he's going to be, worship him today? So some days it has been overwhelmed today by that mm-hmm. ultimate glory. Like when everyone's going to bow down, we would have already done so or already had the privilege of doing so today on uh, that day. And I think on that day, like. You know, you'll be those in the crowd who, who can truly say, I always knew he was great. <laughs> 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 you know, not those kind of find like, at the end, like, I, we always knew he we'll was most likely to succeed. Like, we knew and we got the opportunity to worship him mm-hmm. willingly and not by first. So I think of it. Um, but I think the second point you mentioned I was reflecting on is while I agree that is... His glory on earth was in the cross. I don't. I, I wonder. Like, is that his ultimate? How do we think of that in present versus ultimate glory? Because mm. even Jesus in Hebrews twelve was looked through the cross to something else. Mm. And so, like, while it is true, like, how do we hold that tension around him being exalted? Yet that is not ultimate. That's not the ultimate view. Mm-hmm. And so maybe is it that the this is the engineering, terminal, like the projection of his glory in the in the earth today is the suffering, but it's it's only a projection and not the real. I say that maybe the last point would be Tom Schmidt, preached an awesome sermon. I mean, two years ago, like that. Well, the glory of Jesus and mm-hmm. is, and glory and suffering and like the fact that even in His glorified self, Jesus still bears the wounds of the cross. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I, I'm just like I don't know how do we even thank you that you're here, Pastor Matt. How do we hold these? I mean, maybe sorry, Carolyn. No, start <laughs> <Caroline, laughs> that you are here, Pastor Matt. But like, I don't know how. In light of how you discussed it, like how do we hold these two things in
0: tension? I think that's the the already but not yet is the tension that all Christians live in, right? Like, and I think in the similar ways, um, he has already been glorified, right? Like he is we as we read, he is sitting on the right hand of the son of the father sitting on the right hand of the father Um, he is the son um but and that's already it's come to fruition that is like true and that his glory is abounding um and yet we live in a world where there is suffering and we are um and i think that's where his example of how to walk through suffering and the glory in humility and self-sacrifice um, acts as an example because um, one day we too will be glorified, right? With and it talks about um, in Revelation, I believe, like the um, robes of white, right, and just the glorification of God's people. Um, And every tongue and every nation and every tribe coming together and just worshiping the Lord. And I think that um, as we sit in the... That's all to say, that is the question of the Christian life. (laughs) Is how do we hold the glory and the suffering together together? and I think that's true when we think about Christ. I think that's true when we think about our own lives. Um, yeah. yeah. If anyone has anything else, please add.
4: Can, can I jump in? Yeah. So, so one of the reasons why I think it people often say the, the cross is uh, because John and John 12, uh, and if you know the structure of John, there's all these things in the first half that say, my time is not yet come, my time is not here. That's what he says to Mary Magdalene. Why are you asking me mm-hmm. this, right? So he, in John 12, he says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Mm-hmm. So the cross, the cross is there. But I think biblically, the cross and the resurrection are not actually distinct events. They are in some ways, but they're actually a unified work of Christ. And I think that's where we get both, because the resurrected Christ is the crucified Christ. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we have both of those. Um, <clears throat> the victorious Christ is the suffering Christ. And, and, and so it, 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 it's actually of a whole, of a piece of his glory. Um, and we as, in our particular strain of evangelical Protestantism, tend to focus on the substitutionary death and, <laughs> and the atoning sacrifice. Uh, and we don't necessarily do as well with the resurrection to be honest right and you might go to other churches where they're much better at the resurrection part <laughs> maybe not as clear on the atoning death part <laughs> <laughs> um, but ultimately like we hold them together and so I think when it's now that the you know when Jesus says now is the son of man to be glorified he's not simply thinking about Friday he's thinking about Sunday as well
5: mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I think I, I agree personally I think it's, I think the, the of the work is to see through it, mm-hmm. to it, mm-hmm. not, you can't see the glory without seeing it through the cross, mm-hmm. but the cross is not the end, and I think mm-hmm. it's like natural tension now, we hold yeah. together, because mm-hmm. um, otherwise, I think, yeah, I, th- I think that is, it. and to your point, like, and actually it's probably, a, I was reflecting as you were speaking too, that, like, it's also important because in this world, he's saying that, but those who are my disciples, even your glory is going to be in that same, through this, mm-hmm. into glory, as opposed to there's no way around it into glory. Right. Um, but I think, yeah, it's not the end, but it's, the, it's through it that we see the other side. Mm. I know I'm probably stealing
1: this from some great author, but I, I think I remember... <laughs> um, the analogy of like viewing like you're in a dark room but the next room there's a party with bright lights and you can only see it through a keyhole right the, the, the cross and, and Jesus's way of life um, down into the valley of death to get to then go back into glory that, that's the only way like you said there's no way around it and camels sometimes have to be put through the eyes of needles so um <laughs> Yeah, our faith demands us um, trust God for the impossible. To, to, by which I mean seeing God's glory for what it is, not for what the world says it is.
2: Just, oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> just to add on to a little bit of that, I'm just amazed by how the glory described in the New Testament in the Old Testament is so different, like different in yeah, different ways. Mm-hmm. Like glory in the Old Testament, when God's glory is displayed, people die and people tremble, mm-hmm. and it's about fear. And, you know, like mm-hmm. like we can't stand God's glory. And I think, um, yeah. But then, just the fact that that glory was, you know, came down to earth and to death. Um, on behalf of us I think just that um, it's really easy to forget um, just that wonder what that really means and the weight of it and I think in that sense um, cross also means God's glory um, you know but not a glory that will that we die but the glory of God that will die for us Mm -hmm. Mm I don't know I, I think I was just tied to a little bit Grace.
5: Mm. I, I think I heard something that I wanted to just share like, in my like there is also a uniqueness in the cross, in God's glory that I think the same way in the Old Testament no one could share in God's glory there is also a uniqueness in the cross and in Jesus yeah. that is a glory that God himself only has Good. while they are analogs to us like with many things in God's attributes, while there are some analogs to our own attributes as well. There are some unique non repetitive and I think that, that also puts the cross in itself in a unique in a unique place all all by itself.
0: Yeah, so, um, you basically answered the question with my answer, so, (laughs) um, but yeah, I think as, um, Christ followers, we are given a unique responsibility, a unique, um, responsibility to, um, both glorify God and show God's glory, um, uh, In Philippians um, 1, 9 through 11, it says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more with with all knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and be so pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And I think there is something that we are being yeah that um, we most reflect God's glory when we are christ-like in our own in our in our manner and specifically in our love um, and yeah I think as remind me of your name Susie, As Susie was saying, this, like, difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament glory, um, but I think there's still that, like, awe. I was reflecting on, as I was preparing, how the, like, first reaction throughout the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, when people see God's glory, um, and this comes from... (laughs) uh, Many Christmas pageants, but um, (laughs) in Luke 2, when um, the glory of the Lord shines around the shepherds, it says they are sore afraid. Um, And I think um, one of the beautiful things that the um, cross and resurrection allows us to do is move from that deep fear when we see God's glory to awe and wonder and then ultimately love and worship Um, and I think even um, today in the sermon talk when the disciples see Jesus walking on the water their first reaction is deep fear and Jesus says do not be afraid and I think that's often a line we see that comes after the revealing of God's glory is, do not be afraid. And I think the um, there's something really beautiful in the ways that Christ allows us to not be afraid of God's glory, but rather, yeah, partake in it. And also, um, yeah, not only partake in it, but, then go forth and show it to others um, through our love, through our self-sacrifice, through humility, um, through, through nature and the things we create, um, yeah. So. That's kind of all I have. Do people have questions or thoughts or comments? Mm-hmm.
5: There's also a utility in God's, um, go, like there were a couple of thoughts. I think first, I first thought about God's fellowship with Adam and Eve in the garden. Mm-hmm. Like, there was also this idea that God always came down in the pool of the day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and there was didn't seem like I, I, I just want, like, if we trace the arc of yeah. how does God. God's glory and his interaction with human beings look like, yeah. I think it starts with like, I don't think God is, I guess like any, if we feel like God as a father but always just wanted to just relate with his children yeah. in a sense of like, no matter how powerful the father is, like when he gets like he just really wants to spend <laughs> with his kids. Yeah. And actually the fear became when sin entered it, because mm-hmm. that's actually, and in fact, mm-hmm. when he shows up in Exodus, when he shows up to the Israelites, it was interesting. God really wanted them to come, but he shows up in this awe and Moses tells them that don't be afraid. He just wants so that you can be afraid of sin, mm-hmm. not because he wanted to push you, but of course they were like, nah, 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 you go talk to God mm-hmm. and make it stand mm-hmm. far away mm-hmm. and you can tell us. And so there's always, I think, the tension around like his glory and his revealing in his glory has never been from his perspective. Like I think it's it's the sin in us that has always mm, driven fear, mm-hmm. not the, those who have been redeemed and those he calls. Like I think it's they would see the glory in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm, like of somebody mm-hmm. who at the very heart of it is somebody who invites us to come and spend. And so I, I guess it just. The fear, the translation, I think of the fear. I think it's just more like it's a, it's a reminder of just what of the brokenness of sin is that we cannot stand in the presence of God's glory mm-hmm. because of the sin that we have. Not not because in a sense like God is in, inherently like scary,
0: but mm. that like
5: He is like oh, sin cannot yeah like yeah. and sin cannot dwell in His presence. So like. Mm. And that's what drives all the reactions. And mm-hmm. I think then God in Christ essentially is dealing with the sin, so that we can then approach that glory as He always desired—like children mm-hmm. who are welcomed into His presence and not driven away by our sin. And I think that could be the maybe the arc
2: around. Mm-hmm. Like
5: it's ultimately around God inviting us more and more, and then. In in the new heavens, it's like, I think the story about, there's also the path around light, like all the mm-hmm. glory and light. Kind of, there's this hymn that says, you know, it is only the splendor of light, it's immortal and invisible, that last night, like, mm-hmm. help us to see that it's only the splendor of light that hides you. Mm-hmm. And if you remember in the new heaven, the Bible says there's no sun. Because mm-hmm. the glory, like, I think it's like that, there's, there's the thing around, like, the glory is maybe it just makes us remember that God is really inviting us always into His Mm -hmm. presence and the things that keep us away is is our sin and I mean rightfully so He is awe inspiring so that we may be holy and thus remain in His presence otherwise I think it's our sin (laughs) it's His Glories, you know what we call reaction to sin to that destroys those that are not pure.
1: It's it's the Isaiah six is the appropriate response, right? What was me? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm unclean, and I live among unclean people. And what was required was a tongue, the, the burning coal to. Hey, this has taken away your sin. And yeah, yeah, like First John four. 18, right? Mm -hmm. The fear has to do with punishment, but perfect love drives out the fear.
3: Yeah. I don't know if this is going to be super coherent, but I'm I'm kind of thinking a little bit about like the two words, even that were used in the Hebrew language for glory, right? Like there's the Shekinah glory, which is like the indwelling presence of God, but then there's the Kofold glory that's like his Mm weediness and his heaviness. And think about what you were saying about how God's always designed to be present with his people. And that was his plan for creation. It was that we would get to experience the shit kind of glory. And yet you cannot disentangle the shit kind of glory from the come glory, the weightiness that cannot bear to exist in the presence of sin. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about that.
5: <laughs> that sounds a lot more theological.
3: <laughs> 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 looking at <laughs>
2: difference between Shekinah glory and
3: the... So the Shekinah literally, if I'm remembering correctly, and this is like distant memory, but like Shekinah is the presence of glory. So like when we think about like God dwelling in his temple, that's a Shekinah glory. Whereas Kavod is like his... It's almost like it has a sense of like his mass, like his... Nice. Like it's heaviness, <laughs> his heaviness. right? gravity. Yes, like in, like in, in the exactly. word, I mean, this... How Someone has exactly. gravity? It's like yeah. his gravitas in a way. Yes.
5: Really um, really mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So... It's just, I mean, like, they're both his glory, right? And it's not like we can say, like, sometimes it's Shekinah, sometimes it's Kavod. Like, it's, I think, my understanding is that there are two different ways to express, like, in human terms to the best that we can, like, what God's glory is.
1: I mean, the sun is an extremely massive object, so
5: (laughs) maybe that's a good way to unify that. Uh, Or I can't help with Lord of the rings analogy. When, um, I think when when Gandalf goes to Rohan, I don't know if you watched the movies, where he shows up, you know, the king that is possessed, right? Like you know that he walks and then and, he, and he, I think he all of a sudden is like he shouts like, "Do not mistake me for a magician with cheap who does cheap tricks." And when his glory gets revealed, and I think, but you could argue that God has the ability to. Conceal and reveal, mm. in a sense. Like mm-hmm. you know, I don't think they are in. The, they are not distinct. They think you're right, but he can choose to be present in A, or he can choose to be present in like that. But I think to Gandalf's words, like we should not mistake him for <laughs> somebody mistake, consuming. Cheap uh, yeah, yeah, conjurer. That's what he used. Yeah. Conjurer, cheap tricks. Like we should not mistake him <laughs> for that. Even though. Yeah, what? <laughs> That's the direction. That is the I do not be a conjurer of cheap tricks. And I think you probably need to be like that. You may just your two concepts to
4: And just on a whole other note, if you're in any sort of creative profession or life endeavor, uh, reading Tolkien on being a sub-creator is awesome. I love what because his his like he writes about this theory of being a sub creator, um, and it's that like how do we join in his glory? One of the ways, one of the reasons why we're creative people is because we're in the image of a creator, and the way that we create can be under him a way of bringing glory to him. And there's lots of. You know, then go to the art, artist and creative one to talk about what does that mean because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot more to say about what that looks like but if you're looking for something interesting it's a great, it's like an essay that you can find, I think you might even be able to find it online um, uh, but um, uh, he writes about, I think it, it's an it's a, it's a essay called On Fairy Tales On what? On Fairy Tales okay Fairy being F A E R I E, not like little wings, and not but, but the fairy being magical.
0: Any other thoughts? Thank you very much for coming. I'll close us in prayer, and then Mm -hmm. I'll let you get on with your dates. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dear Lord, we do just come before you in awe and wonder. Um, Yeah, at the breadth and depth of your glory, Lord, that we cannot even begin to fathom. Um, and yet the glimpses we get leave us breathless, Lord. Um, as we go out, may we strive to be Christ-like, Lord. In humility, may we love those more than ourselves, Lord. Um, may we give us the ability to see through the suffering of this world, to your glory, to hold on to your promises with hope. Um, yeah and may we hold your word close to our hearts um, as a reminder of who you say we are to you um, and who you say we are in this world Lord um, we just thank you for this time to spend time in your word in Jesus name Amen, amen. Thank you Karen. Thank you
3: yeah.
0: You're welcome Gracias.